Hey gamers, it's me editing Sarah. I'm popping in here for a little bit at the start to announce that we're going to have a stream this Thursday where we build the Millennium Puzzle, the real Millennium Puzzle. It's, don't worry, it's not like that plastic model that Bandai released last year. It's the real one. We're going to build it and inherit the Yami no game. Uh, that's going to be this Thursday, the 27th of January at 4.30pm Eastern time, which is 9.30 uh, UK time, if that helps. Uh, so yeah, hop in, enjoy that. It's gonna be good. Anyway, hey, also, there's new music. Hey, you ever had sex with a pharaoh? Put the pussy in a sarcophagus. Put the pussy in a sarcophagus. Put the pussy in a sarcophagus. Pussy sarcophagus. I'm really good at playing card games. That's what life is really all about. What the fuck is up, duelists? Welcome to Pod of Greed, the world's number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We are, as always, sponsored by Kaiba Corp, and I am your host, Argyle, and you don't want to see what 1,200 attack points of Argyle can do. Uh, I'm Dan, and I'm in another world, but I'm stuck in the desert area? <laughs> Coming soon to Crunchyroll. And I'm Audrey, aka Pocket Sand. <laughs> And we have a guest. Care to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm the guest. I'm Cassidy, a.k.a. left arm of the non-binary one. Alright. Yeah, we talked about two yeah. episodes of season three of GX. Mm. Uh, Rapidly see. seen one of my predictions be whittled away. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. Oh, Same. <laughs> Same. Hang on. Let me check your prediction, because I swear there was a caveat that might mean it passed. Uh, My prediction it, is gone. Fewer five episodes or fewer <laughs> was the number that I cited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've got three more before. Uh, <laughs> but uh, these. Yeah. Two. Anyways, mm -hmm. do we want to uh, get right into it? Well, no. Well, before we do, uh, Cass, is this your first time guessing? No, no, no I've no. guessed quite a bit. Oh, no. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. Uh, With that out of the way. Have you been on a GX episode? I was on one of the season two episodes, I'm pretty sure. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. Then no introductions are needed. We can't keep our guests straight. Uh, yeah. Let, cool. Let's be honest. Have any of your guests been straight? No, very few of our hosts are, actually. Only one of them. Max is actually... Max has gotten that covered for uh, all of us and all of our guests in, in, in general. It's just unrealistic yeah. to have multiple straight yeah. people. As Sarah said, he's a diversity hire. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We watched two episodes this week. First up, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX Season 3, Episode 16, Interdimension Detention. Oh, actually, I do have one, one question for Cass, because I just can't remember. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is, did you watch the sub or the dub? I am right. always watching the dub, but I disagree with some things it does. <laughs> Oh, Christ. All right. I'm here on my own. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, episode 120 in the sub, a bat in my sub at least, a battle in a different world, Gem Beasts versus Harpy Lady. Mm -hmm. I like the dub title more. I think it's funny. You're entitled to your opinion. Apt. Well, you know. We pick up from where we left off last week. Uh, uh, We're stuck in the desert dimension. Mm -hmm. There's three sons. 
Oh, shit, it's Tatooine. It's double, triple Tatooine. Mm-hmm. 50% more sun than your average Tatooine. <laughs> this isn't the um, Jewel Academy I remember. Yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore. Pharaoh. Uh, Everyone uh, uh, finds a way down from the helipad somehow. Which not is sure. like... So there's like this weird moment first when the helipad like tilts and really looks like it's going to fall, but then it's fine. Yeah. It's like, why did you even have this here? Mm-hmm. They had uh, a few extra frames of animation, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. As they're like retreating into uh, Dual Academy, uh, Cyrus gets grabbed by Axel Brody, who crawls out of the uh, wreckage of the secret lab. Just some rubble. Axel Brody's a tank. He can take a lot of a beating. Yeah. Yeah. He had a f- he had his focus sash on before he got crushed by that door. Listen, we've made a lot of jokes about O'Brien, but I bet you're all glad that he's a fucking prepper now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, all of these new like transfer students are so good. Yeah, the the all, all four of them are amazing. Um, I love. Uh, they yeah, they really just make the main crew look like shit. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's. Friendship over with original GX characters. Now transfer students are my new best friend. Best, bestest uh, friend. Oh yeah, we and gonna, one of them's more than friends. Yeah, we're we're gonna get to that later in this season. <laughs> What's better than this? Just guys being dudes. I remember. So I was like listening to like other episodes before when I was like, Johan and Judai obviously aren't written to be gay. And then I remembered things that happened later in the season. I was like, No, wait, they are. <laughs> what the fuck? Are. Like they are. Ex- like in the sub, they are like explicitly ri- written to be like romantically interested in each other, basically. Um, uh, which is like hilarious. I know writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards. Yeah. Uh, oh, in the dub as well, actually. It's, 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 yeah, like I, I've said it, they, they don't really hide it that much in the dub. It would be extremely hard to censor all of it. So I think they yeah. just decided to not do, censor any of it. Yeah. Yeah, but it gets, like, extremely textual later on. Anyway, n- not the point right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, speaking, uh... Bon- Bonaparte and Sartorius are trying to call maintenance. Sartorius? Wait, did you I write Sartorius? You said Sartorius. You did. Why did I write Sartorius in my notes? I write Crowler the rest of the time. Weird. This is um, Sean Schill, not Maddie Blastine. Yeah, uh, they're trying it's to call all, maintenance. Yeah, it's all it's all this weird magic in the air. You probably got like mixed up with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get grabbed by a harpy lady, and this is woman loving woman NLM hostility. Well, yeah. So actually, be- before this ha- before they get grabbed. Uh, there is, do you guys have an image of the golden boy? Probably not, because I think they probably, my guess is they cut the golden boy stuff. Who is the golden boy? Uh, the lava okay. lamp kid? Yeah, so lava lamp kid is, ref- is specifically referred to as the golden boy <laughs> by Judai. Interesting. Um, and this is this is what I mean when I have I know like be because I I know those spoilers It's like oh wow they really reda- they really trans redacted gender um, mm-hmm. later on because I can tell you Golden Boy um, pretty much is it is in the sub uh, like a gender and is explicitly female in the dub because. Mm-hmm. I don't they think do. anybody directly refers to the the well, I guess golden boy in yeah in the dub. 
I think yeah. Jaden mentions it, but I don't remember. The he mentions like he some sort of being, like a kid or something. Yeah, oh, so that kid. This, yeah, there's this like golden child um, right. who's like skipping away. Who's like the thing that was in the lava lamp, mm-hmm. and he's the golden. And for now, he's the golden boy. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, Kronos gets, and Napoleon get yeeted by a harpy lady. Mm-hmm. Audrey wishes this would happen to her. Yeah, uh, well. <laughs> who amongst us? Who among out- us? <laughs> yeah, they cry out for help, and Johan's like, alright, I think I fucking got this, and because, uh, Sapphire Unicorn's like, summon me, summon me, summon me, Come summon on. me. Please. Do <laughs> and, uh, hey. Johan's. <laughs> Johan summons summons Sapphire Unicorn. Sapphire's Unicorn is like, yes, I hate to see a girl boss winning. And uh, attacks the Harpy Lady enough mm. for her to drop Kronos and Napoleon from probably a fatal height. But they're fine. It's, it's a card. So, uh, remember Capsule Monsters? Uh, uh, who? Who? No. Well, in that case... Uh, cards work on Pokemon rules in this world. Nice. Basically. Yeah. In- kind of. Including, as we find out later, spell and trap cards. Yeah, they pr- they they are, whenever they play a card here, except for kind of uh, a little bit once later on in the other episode, mm-hmm. they're pretty much just playing whatever card they want at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of Calvin Ball, because, like, in the second episode, we do get... A more formal duel, and it's mm-hmm. like it, it, it's it's pretty unclear about like how regimented mm-hmm. dueling is. Yeah, uh, uh, thankfully uh, Fonda Fontaine is here to to treat Jaden, who is still oh, kind of in a in bad shape. Uh, just a thing. Winged Karibo is here as well. Yeah, yes, Winged Karibo is here. All of these uh, dual spirits are completely material. They are not like translucent uh you can touch them you can pet them you can do whatever you want now including yeah. Wind karibo and everybody can see him including like Kari- castleberry when karibo is having a great time the ojamas are having an ex- existential crisis yes. <laughs> yes uh the ojamas <laughs> are are here yeah when are the ojamas not having an existential crisis they have many crises but not all of them are existential this is uh well, you're right though. this is uh this is a very distinctly oh fuck we're real now crisis very and oh fuck about, we're hungry yeah they're very upset about being hungry they can't fly or float anymore there's some hungry they, boys yeah son of a bitch everything's real <laughs> yeah really That's how it is on this bitch of an earth uh they, they yeah they make it back to the school uh, they hand Jaden over to Fonda Fontaine, uh, and they're kind of discussing. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, so far at least, everyone has reacted fairly calmly to being transported to another dimension. Yeah, this is like the twentieth time this has happened to some of these characters. They're used. That's to That's true. But I, so yeah, so I had a comment here that I was like, but I was more talking about like the fact that everyone else in the school seems to be fine. <laughs> and yeah, but they're just going to give in we to get to that. Hysteria. But this was this was too early because we do get into that and they're actually not fine. They're pretty yeah. pissed about it, actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty freaked out. So the crew all go around searching for all the students and collecting information on what's going on. So, like, Kronos, Kronos, and Napoleon are sort of at like a loss of what to do. They're like, no one trains you about 
how to like keep your students safe when they get <laughs> transported into an in- another dimension. Like this is literally not in our job description. And everyone is like looking at them like, well, figure it out because you're the principal and vice yeah. principal right now. Like fucking do something. And eventually they're like, we don't know what to do. And eventually Johan's like, uh, fuck it, I'm the principal now. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> like, yeah, here's what like, we're going to do. You're going to gather all the kids in the gym, and... Uh, I thought it was Alexis who took charge. No, it's Johan. Yeah, it's Jesse. Oh. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it kind of cool. starts with Cyrus, of all people, being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're the adults here. You should, <laughs> like, have some sort of... At least have, like, act like you have an idea of what you're doing. Uh, and yeah, that's when Jesse pipes up and he's like, yeah, we need to get all the students together, get them in the gym. And Crowley's like, yes, that's a good idea. Everybody get the students and get them in the gym right now. I'm the headmaster. Do this because I said it. Oh, it's a little it's a little different in the sub. Like they're like very cow. But <laughs> Johan has like his like timeout voice on <laughs> Yeah, because he he's like con- completely taking control of this. And Napoleon and uh, Kronos are just like genuinely relieved to not be in leadership roles here mm-hmm. in this situation so johan's like yeah get everyone put them in the blue dorm gym and chronos is like we have some of the students who are still like laid out from uh from the dual milking mm-hmm. uh in there so uh what do you want to do about that and johan's like that's great perfect they're already there you don't have to worry about it just like make sure they're taken care of the blankets should already be taken care of like medical supplies will already be there gather up food like Get a head count of everyone who's here. I don't think everyone was transported over, but we need a head count of how many people were. Fucking organize yourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Principal Johan. Thanks, Johan. Uh, Jesse is leadership material. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Uh, uh, Adrian, meanwhile, has uh, he's got the rock. He's got the goo football <laughs> with the stank <laughs> hand in it. With the warlock patron arm. With the hand of Vecna in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has, he has made some sort of deal with it. Kind of. He's the tr- power that he's, he wants. He's tried to make a deal. He's Because uh, the, the, the hand is like, yeah, I really only go for sickos. Like, I I just like bad guys. <laughs> what can I say? I love a bad guy. And, and <laughs> Amon's like, I can be a bad guy. I can be a sicko. Come on. I can be a yeah, sicko. Come on. Just get, give me a chance, please. I can I can be your twisted little joker, baby. Come on. <laughs> And the hand's like, mm, I don't know. Eh. You seem like you're really, you're really trying a little too hard. I don't know. You're really forcing it. Uh, he also does call the the thing that he got the football from a lava lamp. So th- this is... <laughs> that is very good. All right. Uh, four kids, I give you one. Yeah, I mean, that is just what it looks like, you know? Uh, also, Jim steps up during the... Um, the gathering of all the students and is very just matter of fact about what's going on. I, I kind of love him. Yeah. He uh, keeps his head in a crisis and is therefore the exact opposite of our prime minister. He should be <laughs> the new prime minister. Yeah. Uh, I would never vote for someone named James Cook. That's true. <laughs> that's well, ex- he is named Jim Cook. She, uh, folks, she makes a good point. It's not his fault. <laughs> But would you would uh, you vote for someone named Crocodile Cook? Perhaps. Uh, I would yes. definitely vote for Shirley. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Shirley and Jim are trying to control the situation. 
Miss Dorothy is here too. Uh, she got sent over. Uh, she, uh, says that there's about enough food and water for one week. So, it's Ben. Damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, it'll be. It'll be. <laughs> one week till we run out of food and water. <laughs> so there's a couple of things that happen here, which is, so yeah, so Jim is like telling the facts. He's like, we're in an interdimensional uh, hellscape, apparently. And all the students are like, what the fuck? And Johanna Amidi is like, no time to panic, just have to survive. Go, 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 go. And then... Uh, there's like two students who get really mad. They show up in the next one as well. And one of them is very obviously voiced by Sean Schemmel. <laughs> uh, is that the one who looks like off-brand Honda? Uh, I don't remember which one it was. Just that he's basically doing Goku voice. Great. Uh, I didn't. I didn't notice that. That's that's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Crowler then alerts them, or somebody does that. Somebody's coming. Somebody is approaching. Adrian. The school. Adrian turns up. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's acting very normal and definitely not like he's trying to prove himself to an evil power. Oh yeah. So hey, what's up, guys? I'm I don't normal. know if this. I don't know if this happened in a dub, but in the sub, Johan and Jim actually have a conversation uh, before the student uh, uh, announcements begin. They're, like, whispering to each other. They're like, yeah, it looks like Amon didn't actually make it over. And then Amon shows up and he's like, nope, I've been here the entire time. And Jim and Johan are like, okay, cool. That's interesting. I don't yeah. think that was in the dub. You know, now, now that... um. He's he's kind of turned over, made this deal with the 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 villain. You might say that um, he's kind of an imposter now. <laughs> oh, among Garam, among us, yeah. among Garam, among Garam. Yep, um, Adrian Geico, Adrian Geico. Um, anyway, anyway, somebody is approaching the school, and they all go outside, and they they all immediately turn around when they see who it is, and go back inside. So, I mean, Jim, who doesn't know who it is, says in English, are you all right? <laughs> Runs over to him and says in English, are you all right? And then he lifts his head and... Dual Academy Island. Thank goodness. <laughs> hey, hey, Misawa, we thought you were dead. <laughs> it's Bastion. It's Bastion. It's fucking Bastion. He's alive. Uh, he He's alive went- here. He's got a tan. He- he went through an anime time skip. Uh, yeah, he, his hair is longer to show the time has passed. It is hilarious that he has been missing long enough and, like, surviving in this world long enough to have his hair down to his waist and, like, a permanent goggle tan and that no one has noticed. Mm-hmm. I do like that a lot. That uh, just happens really fast. Uh, I think it's something in the water on Duel Academy Island. Like, that one kid who went out in the woods to just train his drawing skills. Uh, like, right. remember how he, like, got shaved and cleaned in a couple days? And then yeah. by by season two, he was like that again? Well, there's all mm-hmm. sorts of things and resources out there on Duel Academy Island. Mm-hmm. You don't know yeah. what you could find in the monkey bunker. But yeah, oh, he, yeah. He, he he's just... He's running towards Duel Academy Island because he's f- happy to finally see some fucking civilization. And he, of course, gets attacked by the Harpy Ladies, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, this time, they get sexy. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. Three- they, they brought their bondage gear this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does remind me, I didn't check. Do they still have the spike nipples in the sub? Of do they have they do. that in the dub? I didn't notice. 
They absolutely do. There were no spike mm. nipples in the dub. Damn. Uh. Um. But uh. Yeah. So it's the same. It's the same Harpy lady as before. Um. And she uses magic this time. So Johan immediately calls out. Um. Uh. Sapphire unicorn again. And uh, to defend them. Oh, by the way, he's still getting milked every mm-hmm. time he does this. <laughs> he's still getting milked every time he does this, and they're being like very cautious about it now because they're realizing that they're still getting milked every time that they duel. Yes. All the pirate um, bands are stuck on, and that's probably not a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he calls out Sapphire Unicorn again, and um, how hard could it be to just like cut those things off? You know. I mean. Mm. I, I don't know. We've seen we've seen the power of dueling technology in this uh, yeah, I guess. in this universe. If a if a single card can stop a bullet, oh god, it's it's, it's Kyberland proprietary equipment. That if you cut or Kybercorp proprietary equipment, and if you cut it off, you're liable f- to pay for damages. Ah, uh, yeah, of course, of course. A, a squad of fucking Kybercorp will real- show up and try and arrest you for tampering with with their technology. The real, the real uh, damage is a lifetime of crippling debt. They'll take, yeah, they'll take your scholarship away too. From Dual Academy. Yeah, so he he calls Sapphire Unicorn out again. Be like, this worked last time, great, but this time Harpy Lady's like, I wouldn't let you do that twice. Come on now. Um, and I brought this- my sisters. This time she uses magic, and she. Puts uh first uses uh egoist what is it elegant egotist elegant egotist which a lot which creates the sisters and then they all use cyber bondage and they are so sexy my girls they're looking good and way stronger than sapphire pegasus way way stronger now yeah yeah mm-hmm. gotta get out mm-hmm. topaz tiger for this one yeah uh, he summons topaz tiger and it's fine which doesn't make sense because topaz tiger is not as strong as sapphire unicorn. Uh, there's probably some effect it has that did a thing. I don't know. I, um, I was assuming that, like, in the context of this world, it functions like they're both on the same team, so they attack, they add their things together, whatever. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, uh, it doesn't it's really the power matter. of teamwork. Yeah. Yeah, it's Calvin Ball. Uh, yeah, so they, they rescue Bastion, Johan gets milked a little bit more. They they bring Bastion back to the hospital, and he he kind of lays out what has happened to him since season two. Yeah, uh, when he when Jane yeah. dueled Professor Eisenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, I like saw this duel. I was red pilled. I I was euphoric. <laughs> I immediately started an apprenticeship with uh, Doctor uh, Zweistein. Mm-hmm. We uh, had a fucked up. He, experiment and I got transported here. Yeah. Uh, they figured out unified dual theory. Uh, there are 12 different dimensions, one of which includes uh, the uh, dual spirit world. Oh shit, it's a wild, a wild thing to drop that there's 12 entire dimensions just out, out of nowhere. <laughs> it's just Eberron. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's fine, it's the multiverse. It's it's yeah. paving. It's doing the setup for Arc Five. Yeah, and then uh, they, oh, their experiment. God, yeah, they are setting up. The- <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah, and then their experiment went wrong, and Bastion got warped to the desert dimension, or as uh, Cass said in our scheduling chat, he caused a resonance cascade and got warped to Zen. It's basically what happened. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, he pushed. 
He pushed a rock into a laser. Uh, meanwhile, in the main world, uh, Chancellor Shepard arrives on Dual Academy Island to find there's no academy on the island. Oh, I appear to have lost my school. It's a huge fucking gaping hole. Is is Pegasus with him? Yeah. Not uh, yet. Okay, good. Like, Pegasus I'm, gets there. Uh, he's like, oh no, parents aren't gonna like this. I abandoned children so, again. He, he says, I could have swore I left Dual Academy here. Yeah, uh, so Pegasus, Pegasus arrives and everyone's like, Mr. Pegasus, what are you doing here? And he's like, I got an urgent message from uh, Kybercorp mm-hmm. uh, that something was wrong with, with Dual Academia, so I came immediately. And I love the idea of Kaiba being like, I smell something magical about this. I'm not dealing with it. Pegasus, you deal with the shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I get the feeling that Pegasus is just like on... Uh, dual academy duty like kaiba just doesn't want to deal with any of that shit like I've, yeah i don't know what it is but they have obviously industrial illusions and kaiba corp have a very symbiotic relationship at this point so i yeah. love the idea of kaiba corp being like i'm not dealing with anything magical pegasus you deal with this and pegasus being like i kind of still like magic actually not gonna yeah. lie did fu- did fuck me up pretty badly did almost die to a 16 year old in a striped t-shirt but i think uh i think i'll give it another go yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Kaiba Corp, like, while they, they might technically run it, I think Pegasus, if Pegasus feels like the superintendent, you know, like, he's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steamed hands, but it's, um... It's Kaiba. But it's, I mean, it is just funny to me, because, like, <laughs> Pegasus very much does not work for Kaiba. Hello, <laughs> oh, Super Nintendo Pegasus. <laughs> Uh, right. like, he very clearly does not, but, like, wh- whatever agreement they've come to, like, clearly he still does jobs for Kaiba, even though he doesn't work for him. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel but- like this is just, Kaiba just has a bunch of satellites scanning the world for interdimensional energy, just in case his boyfriend comes back. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, you gotta, right, so one of these 12 dimensions is the card spirit world, and one of them is the ancient Egyptian afterlife, <laughs> and, which is the only true afterlife. Mm-hmm. And, Don't get uh, them mixed up. Do not get them mixed up. Yeah. They look very similar on, on paper, you know, they're both deserts, but don't don't let that fool you. Only one of them has your boyfriend with him. Oh, also what? Adrian's, like, bodyguard is here? Oh, Echo. Yeah. yeah. Echo? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the girl from before, from, who was, like, on the submarine, I think. Yeah, Echo. She immediately attacks, uh, Commander Shepard, throws him to the (laughs) ground, and is like, hey, where the fuck is Adrian? Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's when she is apprehended by Pegasus's goons. Right. And that's the last of we we hear of her from now, for now. Oh yeah, Pegasus just has, like, black suit guys. Well, he's always had them. I mean, uh, yes, but also, like, it's incredible to be reminded of the fact. His his lover, Croquet? Did you forget? <laughs> I... Yeah. Did you forget about his lover, Croquet? I always assumed Croquet was the butler. He can be both. When, when you're someone like Pegasus, everyone doubles as butler and bodyguard. Yeah, uh, we see uh, the Ojamas. They're scared and crying, and Chaz says there's no crying in Duel Academy. Chaz uh, is toxically masculine, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we get a scene where, like, Jesse and, uh, 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 Jim are, like, walking around, talk, uh, exp- expositing plot, and, like, at- Jesse asks if the croc ever gets he- heavy, uh. Oh, yeah. 
Honestly, it would be so good if I had, like, a backpack thing like that for my government assigned crocodile. Honestly, mm-hmm. Karen just looks like a pool inflatable. Like, she's fully T-posing. <laughs> she when she's just sitting in the papoos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Adrian goes back to check on the football, and the, the stank arm has escaped. It is no longer within the goo. Uh, oh, no, is... he was double-crossed a... by the warlock patron? Who could have guessed? guessed? Yeah, uh, it, uh, the arm uh, swipe left on him. Yeah. Damn. After uh, some some debate. And literally, Amon's like, why? Why was I not good enough for you? Is there someone else here who's more deserving of your power? Who else in dual academia has a stronger darkness than I do? And the arm and- is wandering the halls like, come on, I can sense it. I know there's somebody here who's a fucking twisted little kid. <laughs> little shit. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna make you one of my freaks. So the golden boy, yeah, golden boy is like ya. skipping down, skipping down the hall, and is like, I can feel a profound darkness, folks. You won't believe who the profound darkness belongs to. <laughs> Some, somebody listens to My Chemical Romance and Lincoln Park, and it someone had an absentee father, and the golden <laughs> or uncle, maybe unclear so far, uh, and the. The golden child stops outside a door, and on the other side of the door is a group of students huddled in the classroom, including Ray and Martin. Yeah. Blair and Marcel. Yeah. And Ray's like, hey, Martin, can you, like, join me for something? And Martin's like, what are you talking about? And Ray's just like, fucking, just fucking come with me. And uh, they head out into the hall. I had to and- go to the twilight as well. Do not worry. <laughs> It's okay, mon ami. Is that really what he sounds like? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, he is a French yeah. He's just a little French boy. Yeah. Turn- he's like doing a little dance, holding a baguette. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like in Bioshock Infinite. That's how you know it's there in France. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they go to the bathroom and uh, then are attacked, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, J- Jaden and Axel are both awake in the hospital. Uh. They... Jane, Jane wakes Axel up. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Hey, hey, psst, hey, 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 Axel, you awake? <laughs> yeah. Axel, it's uh, it's it's midnight at your uh, eighth grade sleepover, and uh... <laughs> hey, Axel, you want to pull an all nighter? Come on, it'll be cool. Uh, they uh, hear a scream. Yeah, they both rush out. Uh, it's it's Blair." Uh, she says something took Marcel and attacked her and like, and like the like scratch wound is like glowing, which is super weird. She's, she has like a teen wolf ask, like (laughs) a scratch down her entire like upper arm. Mm -hmm. This wound was applied by some sort of demonic creature. Yeah. And it's gaping open and it's glowing yellow. And she looks at you, and she goes, "No, save Martin. It's merely a flesh wound." Uh, and and that's basically, yeah. The episode ends with them carrying Blair off to the nurse's office. Mm-hmm. Yeet. So, yeah, yeet. Do we want to talk about some video games? I know her. Ah, I go to video games. Cass. 
Since you're our guest, do you do you want to go first? Uh, sure. I recently played through uh, Jedi Fallen Order for the first time. Oh, cool. Uh, it was for a Dark Souls game, like mm. a Dark Souls-esque game. I enjoyed it. I don't usually enjoy that sort of game, but I liked it. Uh, mainly for the story. Everyone's so obsessed with Trilla, the main villain, but Sarah is so much more interesting a character. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I gotta say, I don't know anything about that game. I do need to, I do really want to play it at some point. Yeah. yeah. So basically it's some Jedi trying to survive post-Order 66. Mm-hmm. That's the one where Anakin killed all of them. Yeah. That is. Yeah. And also the clone troopers and all that. Yeah. But mostly Anakin. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a shame Max isn't here to get really excited about this with you. Oh, Max loves that uh, game, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about the game? Uh... Um, there's a cool little friend called BB-1. It's a little mm-hmm. droid. Uh, Is he like BB-8 at all? Uh, it's like the size of BB- BB-8, except it has legs and a little eye. Mm-hmm. Two little Ooh, legs. Ooh, look at him. He's like a little bipedal like set of binoculars. I love this guy. As always, robots <laughs> continue to be the best part of any franchise that they're in. They are very good. This guy rules. BD1, very good. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, you go? Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I, I did remember something. There's a Night Sister in it, and I expected her to have a lot more plot from how much the fandom likes her, but she was in it for maybe the last 20% of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, but Cass, consider this. Night Sisters are really cool. They're very cool, but they should be in more things. Mm-hmm. Yes. I the literally pog-faced out loud when they mentioned the Night Sisters on the latest Boba Fett. What are the Night <laughs> yeah. Sisters? I don't know this. Um, it's like a group of like psychic-powered all-female Ooh. people. They're misandry witches. Yeah, they're misandry witches. They're Love um, Dar- they're they're Darth Maul was related to them. Cool. That's, that's now that's what I call girl power. Who wants to go yeah. next? Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, I've been playing... uh, uh, Forgive me for this. I've been playing Borderlands 3. Yeah! Um, Yeah. It it was... It's Uh, good. Why would I forgive you? They're good games! It's it's a solid video game. Um, I beat the main campaign. Uh, I started on the first DLC pack. Uh, Incredible gunplay. Maybe the best the entire series has had. Uh... I am playing Flack, who is a uh, non-binary uh, robot who has, like, a pack of animals following him around, who's, like, really into the concept of the hunt. Uh, nice. They're really cool. Uh, uh, I will say, uh, as strong as, like, the gameplay is, the uh, the story is generally pretty okay. The ending just felt very weak, kind of forced. Mm, uh, I I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the mild spoilers. The credit song feels extremely on the nose, uh, and not in like the funny way. Or, but anyways. Uh, now I want to. Now I want to know what the song is. I'll I'll look it up. Just a second. Uh, you. If you don't know about any of the characters from Borderlands or how it ends, uh, it might be a little unclear. Uh, uh, but, yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't mean anything to me, but it's funny. 
Yeah. Uh, so, also, yeah, uh, started the first DLC pack. Uh, it's got Timothy Lawrence from the pre-sequel in it, which is cool. Uh, Who is he in the uh, pre-sequel? Jack. He's the handsome Jack. Oh, oh, Jack. Yeah, yeah. the Jack okay. clone. Or Jack body double. Yeah. Uh, Me! Yeah. Uh, the character you played. Let's see. What else? Uh, also, it has a puzzle game in it. Uh, which I got really into for a while, and I ended up getting enough points that I could just always have the bonuses it gives me on. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. The yeah. puzzle game. Yeah, it's supposed to, like, help with, like, scientific research and stuff, where you're, like, lining up these, like, puzzles based on, like, DNA sequences uh, used in, like, these research things. Uh, so, yeah, that's Borderlands... Borderlands 3. Uh, oh, also, it did reign, it did take part in me reigniting my special interest in Borderlands, and I am writing up a little presentation just sort of for funsies, uh, awesome. just talking about the games. We should have a PowerPoint party night. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, that's it for me. Who wants to go next? I can go. Ardry. <laughs> Do you want to go, Argyle? Our trial funk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've been playing Enter the Gungeon mm-hmm. Ooh, a lot. Good game. That's a really good which, game. Which is a combination of two things. Um, a roguelike, which I don't like, and a bullet hell, which I'm very bad at. Right. So this is not not exactly playing to my strengths here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Start, starting out on the wrong foot. On bo- <laughs> both of the feet are wrong in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Say. Um, but I'm actually, like, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've made it to the third level of five, um, so far, um, which is pretty good, in my opinion. Um, I'm not doing it, like, consistently enough yet to, I mean, that's, like, the nature of roguelikes, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you just sort of very slowly make your progress. And get a little bit further each time, hopefully. Or unless you're me, and then you get, like, really far, and then you immediately die two chambers in. I mean, um, so- sometimes, you know, you just, like, you, you just get a bad roll. You don't get a good gun. Yeah. Or exactly. Like, that's guns. really what it is. It's like, you really need a good gun um, to to make it through. But, like, now I'm sort of um, perfect scoring the bosses of the first floor. Fuck yeah. Which is pretty good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, fairly consistently now. Um, so anyway, yeah, I wasn't good at bullet hells before, but maybe I will get good at bullet hells uh, well, by the time this is over. If you think you get good by the end, then I recommend the Toho games. They're oh. incredible. I've so I've tried to play the, this is the Toho games are actually <laughs> how I found out that I'm very bad at bullet hells. Ooh, I'm um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, mm, yeah, Toho games are very hard. Yeah. They are fun. They do have great music. Um, At least you can read the manga. I've heard the manga's really good. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm surprising. The, 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 the thing about roguelikes that I really appreciate, and, and especially something like Enter the Gungeon. So, I mean, the difference between Enter the Gungeon and a roguelike, like, Hades, is that Hades... Um, even when you, like, lose, you bring with you all of the, like, spoils that you got. So things like darkness and gems and etc. And you can use those things to, like, tangibly upgrade your character. 
Um, the solution and, and like get better through that. The solution to getting better and enter the dungeon is just to get good. I mean, like, they that's do it. have a, is... a, like things that you can buy, right? You can buy guns that'll appear in the dungeon. You can get right, other but little there's no, things. There's no guarantee that those things will show up. Yeah, yeah. It just adds those right. into the the pool of things that you can get. Exactly. So right. So like there, there in every run, there are things that you can do that will you know hopefully help you. But there's no guarantee that you're going to get those. And I've gone through bosses many times now without any upgrades whatsoever, um, or, or any additional thing. Um, and uh, your solution is get good. Like, just get good. Mm-hmm. Um, I so. think Gungeon was, like, yeah, one of the first roguelites that really got its hooks in me that I actually got pretty decent at, you know? Because I, yeah. I, right. I tried a bunch and bounced off, you know, like Spelunky, Risk of Rain, etc., uh, etc. Et but uh, Gungeon, uh, I think it's the aesthetic, really. I really like it. I like all the bullet puns. I like that all the enemies are, like, little... You know, little cartridges and shotgun shells yeah. and things. It's a very cute game to look at. It's not, um, whereas like a Binding of Isaac, I just don't even like to look at Binding of Isaac. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's unpleasant to me. It's it's right, which is interesting since so many people compare Binding of Isaac to Enter the Gungeon. I know, or vice I know, versa. yeah. But um, it's yeah. So for me, it's 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 very like it's pixel art is very charming. The music's very good and like. I am ta- like tangibly improving at the game, yeah. which is like annoying to me a little bit. I'm like, you know, it's like so much of me wants to be like, fuck this. I'm never going to get better at bullet hells. And then I'm like, you know, several levels ahead of where I was a week ago. And I'm like, fuck, I am getting better at bullet hells. Um, but it has like over 200 guns. Uh, the creativity that like goes into the, all, all of these guns is like hilarious. One of my favorite is, um, a letter R. Yes, I, that's oh, the one that I think of every single time. That's that a good one. Shoots the word bullet, which shoots the word bullet. And says bullet, it, bullet, 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 blam, bullet, 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 <laughs> blam. Um, it it's really all good. In on, a, on its aesthetic. There's there's another gun that's a bullet that shoots guns <laughs> as well. That's a pretty good one. Um, my favorite, my actual favorite, just because it's like an incredibly effective gun, is a uh, Ghostbusters proton pack. Ooh, that just yeah. like shreds. That shit shreds. Holy shit! And also the banana one, the, um, the banana bomb, the Gmod banana bomb. <laughs> yeah. What? What? What is it? It's. It's like the. I don't know what it's actually called. It's like the Panana or something. <laughs> it's something like that. It, it's something like that. It just shoots like massively damaging bombs. Um, Very but, easy to uh, kill yourself with. Yeah. It is. This is called the banana. It's. Oh yeah. So it is. It is $15 max on Steam and uh, on Switch. Uh, yeah. Heavily recommend. Um, and I got it for less than that because, you know me, I don't buy games for more mm-hmm. than $10. Um, I think it goes on sale, like, all the time. Yeah, it's it's not uncommon to find sales. But even at its max price, like, $15, it's a pretty solid game for $15. Oh, I, yeah. I, against my better instincts, I recommend it strongly. Right. Yeah, I'd say um, Switch is probably a good way to play it. I played it on PS4. It works great with controllers. It's a twin-stick shooter. Uh, I've been playing it, it, it on PC. Real, very good. It's very, I've, very good with it. I'd say. I've been playing it on PC, and it moves, and it, it operates very well Hell yeah. with mouse. Um, I, I can I can also verify it's good with controller. So yeah. you have no excuse, no matter what you play your video games on. Uh. Argyle, what have you been playing? 
Not really a whole lot, actually. Um, I finished Metroid Prime Two. Dan saw that. It mm-hmm. was okay. I I'm a bit. I'm like most of the big bummers in the game are the boss fights. I find them overall to be lackluster. Or like there are some decent ones, but a lot there are like way too many that are just like I don't like this or this is just boring that I kind of I gotta dock some points for it. Uh, I still think overall pretty good game, but uh, it it could it could certainly have been a lot more enjoyable if it weren't for those boss fights getting in the way. Um, excited to find out what Metroid Prime Three is like. Hope it doesn't make me motion sick again. That would be a bummer because I want to stream it. Um, right. Let's see. Have we been playing anything else? No, not really. I haven't really had time to play video games, to be honest. All right. Uh, so that's all I've got to say. We are We're now... Done. Let's get our game off. And But before we go back to uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, let's oh, yeah. uh, real quick give a sort of shout-out to our $10 patrons. Thank you to our $10 listeners, who are the following. Danielle Kalaskis, Nero Wyvern, Pagliacci Proto-J, Service and Arrow Virhu. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts, from me to you, from Audrey and to Anne, and all the mm-hmm. other ones. Thanks for your money. <laughs> Everyone who's not here and we're not bothering to name. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people who we won't be naming at present date. Uh, They're all very thankful to you. Okay. Epi- season 3, Episode 17, Sub-Desert Duel. Yeah. Uh, in the sub, it is episode 121, aka Survival in the Desert, Johan versus the Doodlebug. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Doodlebug! <laughs> I'm so glad it's called that in the sub as well. That's really funny. It's a hell of a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, we open our episode with Adrian finding uh, Marcel, who has been norted by the fucked up hand. He's rude now. Mm-hmm. He's he's become the little kid from Resident Evil Four. He's right. the kid from The Omen. He's become a uh, little Damien Salazar. Is that what you mean? I love that there was this profound darkness, and I quote, "profound darkness" in Martin. That's it's very called, funny. It's called being French. Yeah, the profound darkness was referring to all the times he's done blackface. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Christ. he's French. <laughs> You're really uh, just saying things here, huh? Uh, so, <laughs> we cut to Pharaoh, and from Pharaoh's perspective, this return of the king. <laughs> very glad. So, to I'm see so it. glad he's here and he's not like stranded on the island. Mm-hmm. He's wandering around, uh, and he finds uh, the student body rationing out food. They each get a bread roll and a little bottle of water, a little junior-sized bottle of water, and that's all they get. Uh, Goku needs to eat. He's really mad about this. Uh, he a lot of calories when he goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> Listen, you've seen what he can put away. I have. Uh, we don't have time for a comically, to comically cut to 50 bowls stacked one beside one another on a table. We don't have enough for that. If we did that, we'd be out of food within hours. We don't even have enough shit to feed Pharaoh. Mm. Manjame, Manjame gets to the front of the line. He's like, I'm a single mom with three kids. Can I have more, please? And all of them are like, no, we don't have, like, Miss Dorsey's like, nope. Miss Tomei's like, nope, we don't have enough. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to make do. And Manjame's like... Chaz is on food stamps trying to pay yeah, for Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the welfare queen that Republicans made up. <laughs> This is it. Like, this is what, well, like, Republicans think welfare queens are. 
I, I need that government cheese for my three horrible sons. <laughs> Please. Mr. Mr. Biden, I need it. Uh, what happens next? Oh, yes. Uh, we get some more hospital stuff. Uh, Blair's looking pretty bad. Yeah. And they're out of medicine. Uh, they need a first aid kit. Okay, so Ray's looking pretty bad. They need, Ray's- a, they need a Left 4 Dead style uh, med yeah. kit. First aid here. Uh, Ray's looking pretty bad, but you know who's I looking did, worse? I did recently. Misawa. Misawa looks like dog shit. Oh, Misawa looks like... That's that's normal. What else is new? It is like yeah. it is like actually impossible to say whether or not he looks worse now than he did when he was white. Right. Uh, They're both really bad looks. Uh, they... It, it just made... So I recently watched the movie Con Air, so I could listen to a <laughs> podcast about it. Okay. And listen to Homestuck. Oh, I love where this, this is world. going. Yeah, listen to Homestuck made this world. It's really good. Um. Anyways, what I'm gonna. The point is, this is a key plot element of the uh, second act of Con Air. Uh, uh, scavenging for a med kit among uh, wreckage in a desert. Uh, so yeah, they have to do that, and it turns out there's a there's for some reason there's a submarine out in the wastes. Uh, yeah, Bastion apparently passed it on his way in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Crowler is like, no way, you're not going out into the desert. That's very dangerous. But Jaden and uh, the rest of the crew are able to talk them into it. Uh, yeah, they've got they've got a plan. Like they're gonna there's they're gonna bring like a whole group of them out there to do it. They've got the fucking these little palm pilots that they have reverse engineered to make like homing beacons that. Uh, they're going to, I, I didn't realize the way they were going to use them at first, and it turns out to be extremely funny when they do it. It's hilarious. Please take, like, take a good look at these things. They drop them as waypoints. Not even. (laughs) Video game waypoints. They drop them like Uh, breadcrumbs, like the constant rattle. If they were dropping them like waypoints, then, like, theoretically, they would only need one every, like, mile or so. Dropping them like every 50 feet. Yeah. Literally, they're just throwing these things away. It's hilarious. Yeah. This is this is the this is uh what we talk about when we mean uh, forced obsolescence. Yeah, thousands of dollars of of like advanced uh, handheld tech just thrown away in the desert. That's no, that's coming out of your uh your tuition, yeah. Axel. Sorry. So Jim Jim does mention that me and Axel both took dealing in the desert one hundred and one last term. I, I believe it. <laughs> I believe this would be a course in a du- one of the dual academies. Uh, yeah, in the American and the Australian ones. Those make sense. Right. We That's took down a bunch of doodlebugs. Uh, <laughs> Played Half-Life 2. Fought a lot of antlions. Cast yeah. the fact that you're actually Australian and just have the accent mm. makes this so much better. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're welcome. I love an Australian person imitating a non-Australian person doing an Australian accent. <laughs> Uh, it's just my way of uh, contributing to the discussion. <laughs> yeah. While they're just saying what the character said, it's just factual. While they're like plotting this out, uh, Bonaparte shows up, very, very concerned and very sad because Marcel is missing. Where did Marcel oh, no. go? He's being Sundari he- about his son. He's like, oh, he's it's not like he's my son or anything. Definitely not he's my just son. Just a very, very petite concerned student. about him because he's yeah, yeah. he's. <laughs> He, my small not son. Yeah, he, he's like he's like 
This is this is exactly how anyone would feel about any missing student. What are you talking about? I'm normal. Mm-hmm. Crowley decides to pass the buck on to uh, uh, Bonaparte. Uh, yeah, because he's like, well, okay, if if Commander Shepard was in this situation, what would he do? He would he would pass it off to the vice chancellor, mm. and then everybody looks at Bonaparte. Yeah, and uh, Napoleon's like, Osama Jima, we're really in it now. Mm-hmm. So, the uh, crew splits off into two parties. Uh, one team is Jaden, his boyfriend, uh, the new <laughs> boys, and the other- You mean his husband. Male wife. Yeah. And the other team this is-, is Chaz and the rest. Yeah, this is my boyfriend, Johan, and his boyfriends, Amon and uh, O'Brien. Yeah. Sorry, O'Brien and uh, Jim. <laughs> And Adrian decides he's coming along, too. So they head out. They seek out this submarine. Yeah. Adrian is coming along for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a reason. Yeah, so yeah. So they head out, and Amon's like, I gotta go with them so I can, like, kill them, I guess, if they discover that the <laughs> submarine is connected to the Garam group. Um, yeah. And they all head out, and... Up on the top of Dual Academia, uh, Norden <laughs> Martin is looking down at them, and he's like, yes, great, you distract them, I'll do my own. <laughs> he says as he grows a dual disc out of his arm. Oh, God, yeah, it's <laughs> horrifying. It's organic. I'm so excited about this, because I was talking about how disgusting it was to look at when uh, Bakura did this in Millennium World. Mm-hmm. It's- and now we're gonna get like an entire season of this. I'm delighted. It's made Excellent. of flesh. I wish I could do mm. this. It would be really convenient. And he he summons like just some fucking gladiator looking dude who cares to go after them. Mm-hmm. But you don't see him. He puts a card right. on the dual disc, but you don't see the well, card. I mean, you can see that you can see the card. No, no, no. But you don't see like the summon. In the dub, at least you you can see the card art. We don't see right, the but you don't see the summon. I mean, right? Yeah, sure. That's what I mean. So you see him like place the card, but you don't see like what it actually does. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, this is when we see them kind of traipsing through the desert. Uh, Axel is just dropping the PDAs behind them again, like every fifty feet. Uh, uh, Judai has a line here where he's just like, "Wow, what an adventure we're on! This is going to be fun." And Johan looks at him very sharply, and he's like, "Did you just fucking say this was going to be fun?" And Judai's like. <laughs> I mean, and Johan's like, you're sleeping on the couch tonight. Oh, don't jinx us. <laughs> Hundreds of people's lives are stake right now. Honey, come on. Yeah. And Judai's like, I mean, it's kind of fun. No, it's not every day that we get to meet our dual spirits, each other's dual spirits in real life. And it's, it, I don't know. I kind of cool. <laughs> For you, it's not every day. I'm different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Jaden, they, they come across the submarine, uh, and Jaden starts sprinting forward to, to get to it, and immediately gets dropped into a sand pit. Oh, no. No! Axel, have, ha- Axel, having foreseen this exact event, has already had a, t- a rope tied around his waist <laughs> and hands it off to Adrian so he can jump in after, uh, Jaden. So, to be uh, clear, so, so O'Brien can jump in after Judai, and, yes. and... Amon can pull them both out by this rope yes. that O'Brien has handed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he jumps in, he grabs Jaden, uh, and Adrian, uh, as soon as the rope goes taut, is like, huh, 
I could, I could just let them go. I could fucking kill them right here. I, I think <laughs> it, it's specifically the, half of these people out of the way. It's the spirit talking to Adrian. <laughs> oh, like, really? Adrian, you can drop them. Go ahead, yeah. just let go. Oh. I think it had, it had Adrian's voice right here. And, I'm not. I'm, and the sub it is very much explicitly a ongoing. If yeah. I killed, if I let go of the rope and kill them right now, then maybe I'll be sicko enough for. Cause, yeah, because it, it shows like his face, like like in his thoughts, I guess, like kind of smirking, like I could, I could kill these two. Yeah, I. Uh, and the, and that's when Jim comes up behind him and grabs the rope and is like, "You all right there, mate? You almost let go of the rope." He he says it with such a tone. He's like almost lost your grip there, mate. Yeah, he's obviously suspicious of this fucker. He, it, it's, yeah, so in the sub, he doesn't, like, Amon doesn't get far enough to think about actually releasing it before Jim comes and grabs it as well, so we don't have that same exchange, because he's just, like, considering it, and then Jim grabs it, he's like, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. And this is when, as they're, as they're pulling Jane and Axel out, uh, the, the guy that Marcel summoned rises up out of the pit on a tower of sand, like it's a video game. Uh, and challenges them to a duel. Yeah, so uh, I was kind of disappointed that this was a formal duel, unlike last episode. It doesn't really yeah. make sense in this world. Yeah. But it is. Cool to see a new... It's a very short one, though. Quick, at least. Yeah. I think it lasts, yeah. like, two minutes. It was pretty cool to see a new custom duel disc, though. Yeah. Custom duel discs are... I love to see them. Uh... Jesse steps up to the challenge uh, and and fights him. This guy okay. has summoned sand, sand doodle well, bug. Johan Johan steps up to the challenge because he's the only one not occupied with pulling Judai out of a sand true. pit right now. This this is this is true. Uh, and and he he is going to fight this guy's sand doodle bug, which uh, due to the the sand that they're all surrounded in, uh, it is effectively a field spell des- desert card. It's uh, Julius Kingdom it's, rules. It's like season one of Duel Monsters all over again, where we're dueling in a forest, so I have a, the forest advantage when I'm using my bug cards, you see. I don't- uh, So his sand doodle bug can just, like, dodge attacks because of this. And Johan's like, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough <laughs> and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Oh, mm-hmm. he's like Anakin Skywalker. And- uh, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> That's foreshadowing, huh? huh. And sand, sand doodle bug is extremely funny for one reason. That's because it is a bug, but it has <laughs> one extra limb on the top of its head that is just like a human hand, basically that it uses to scoop up sand and throw it at the enemies. It's a, it's its pocket sand hand. Pocket sand, yeah. Mm. D- Dale Gribble created these things <laughs> in a lab. To be the most efficient pocket sanders you've ever seen. <laughs> right. It's a very... This ends up being a very short duel. It's maybe two minutes long. Uh, Johan yeah, it f- figures out, like, a loophole, basically, um, and uh, annihilates his ass, and then they move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, but also we, we get the uh, the life points are real, and if you die in this duel, you'll die in real life uh, things. So they do need to be careful to not get uh, beaten and, in a duel. And Johan is still getting milked. Yes. Marcel um, is very happy to get the energy from these biobands. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't care as long as I get that milk. <laughs> and Fine. he needs as to they... drink milk, and then he'll grow up big and tall. Yeah, that's why he's so short. You know, it's like it's like Edward Elric. <laughs> you know, he didn't drink enough milk when he was <laughs> growing up. Uh, as as they defeat this one like sand guardian, guardian of sand, they go. Uh, 
back it cuts back over to Martin again, who is enjoying the milk, and also <laughs> Johan cowers before him, <laughs> and also is like. Oh no, he defeated my sand guardian, but I have another. I get three in my deck. And he plays another one. And this was, um, when I sort of realized, again, it's, it's sort of like cabin ball rules here, but I do really like the way that, um, Martin is basically using his deck like a DM in a tabletop game would. Mm hmm. To basically, like, be, like, here are the challengers, like, here are the enemies that I'm putting out into the world, and that they all have their own special moves or whatever, which happens to be their own personal decks, but, um... It's he's, my first I, monster manual. Yeah, he's the DM. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's monster. <laughs> it's Marcel's monster manual. Perfect. It's called a monster Marcel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, they, they reach the submarine, and they get inside, and they all split up. To go search for different supplies. Uh, Johan finds the medical stuff. Uh, Jaden gets the food. Jim gets blankets and shit. Axel. Axel finds the torpedoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He finds the torpedo tubes. He's like, ah, oh, that's weird. Anyway. He's like, my military uh, sense is tingling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he got the perk that lets him find guns. And that's not very useful in this situation. Would be but, in the gun show. That's all he's got. Well, it wasn't not useful. Oh, yeah. It turned out to be pretty useful later. Uh, and Adrian has found the computer room, which was exactly what he's looking for, because, again, he wants to delete all the- he wants to delete his, uh, browsing history <laughs> off of the submarine. Which I think turns out to not really matter. I think the submarine gets pretty trashed, so. I don't think anybody was going through the computers on the submarine, Adrian. Yeah, well. I think you're just paranoid. Better to paranoid than not enough. I guess. He's got five minutes to blast his cash. He can do it. So, yeah, they they all find supplies, except for Adrian, who just couldn't find anything. Who knows why? Oh, no. No luck. Well, he found the communications center, but it was all the computers were fried. He couldn't do anything. I wonder who did that. Uh, oh, no. Impossible to say. It's at this point that uh, they get attacked by scorpions. Uh, yeah, the Sand Guardian has shone back up and, and summoned a swarm of scorpions. Yeah. Uh, Jaden protects them with Clayman, and they, like, run, start running away, uh, uh, but because of card rules, Clayman can't do much, and... He's in defense mode, which he has very high defense, so this is fine, but, uh, the Sand Guardian summons, uh, another scorpion. A biggest scorpion. And then plays, yeah, like a eight, eight-legged scorpion, I forget what it's called. Uh, and then plays Book of Moon to flip Clayman over. And if this scorpion that he just summoned is attacking a face-down card, uh, it gains like 2,100 attack points. So it is now much stronger than Clayman. It is able to defeat it. And also, I, something really funny, when it kills Clayman, the fucking explosion is... These are just real-ass explosions now. And it blows open the door to the room that they have hidden behind. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh... -oh. uh, -uh. uh so they're like running through the like the like hallways trying to figure out a way out. Uh and Jaden decides, let's go through the torpedo tubes. Uh or rather what happens is they send uh Neos and uh the mole guy, the fuse, uh that guy rescues them and they escape. Well that's one way of putting uh, it. Um, they don't really escape from the submarine. 
they they let Grand Mole and Neos out through the torpedo tube, mm-hmm. and then Grand Neos picks up the submarine and fucking throws it mm-hmm. like a clock yeah, and fucking can. throws it at Sand Guardian. It's pretty wicked, I gotta yeah. say. Do you do you get any line from Martin here? Because there's a a pretty something line in uh in the sub. Uh, he experiences some pain whenever. Uh, something something about revenge yeah. i think it's mm, it is not revenge in the sub okay so oh is it about pain uh, it is about pain um oh yes in my notes i said marcel is in pain yeah, very happy um, about it. is he in love about it no yeah so no? in the sub so it cuts over to martin uh who's like judai all this pain is your love for me isn't it it's like, ooh, woof, girl, go to therapy. Ooh. And uh, yeah, that's, may- maybe that's basically how we end the episode. In the sub. Yeah, healthier ways to get to get that out of your system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. The, everybody's inside the submarine when Grand Neos throws it at Sand Guardian. Doesn't matter, they're fine. Uh, they're fine. Yeah, that's pretty much the end of the episode. Uh, these episodes were all right. <laughs> They, I mean, uh, I do like that we are getting some, like, very solid plot here, and Golden yeah. Boy is a very good character. Things are moving forward. The The two episodes weren't uh, just completely duels, and what duels were there were either very brief or uh, fairly non-standard, so they, they kind of broke up the pace a little uh, differently than what we're used mm-hmm. to. Um, I'm interested mm. to see where this goes. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it goes places. Uh, it's gonna I, be so good from what I Mar- remember. Marcel seems like a little freak. Mm-hmm. I hope he's okay. I, I hope he gets to go to therapy for whatever is going on between him and uh, his dad, I guess. If Bonaparte went to therapy, the world would look like Domino City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, questions? Do we want to move on to questions? Dan, you got a segment oh, for yes, us? Oh, yes, I or? did have a segment ready. So, uh, because um, we talked talked about uh, uh, the Harpies ladies in this episode, I thought we'd just do a little bit of the Dual Academy Correspondence course. Let me get up Professor Sadius Hanos. Mm. I'm coming for your job. Mm. Don't think I've forgotten. Welcome. Today, on our Dual Academy Correspondence course, we talk about Mize Monsters. Mai's collection of monsters reflects Mai's personality. They are all strong women. Girl. Amazonist chain master. Type warrior. Amazons are some of the most powerful warriors in the world. This one extends her strikes with a long spiked chain. Amazonist fighter. Type. Warrior. This warrior uses brute strength to overpower her enemies. Amazonist Swordswoman. A finely honed sword is the weapon of choice for this Amazon. Harpy Lady. Type Winged Beast. With the body of a woman and the claws and wings of a bird, Harpy Lady flies into battle. With fierce intent. She is my signature card. My never goes into battle without her. Harpy Lady Sisters. Type Winged Beast. 
These three sisters are very close. So close that they fight as one and leave opponents few choices for attack and defense. Harpy's pet dragon. Type dragon. The only trick this pet does is battling opponents with its jagged claws and teeth. And those are all of my monsters. All right. Hey, what if there was a reskin of Hades, the game Hades, where all the people were replaced with dual monsters Hmm. and uh, Megara uh, was replaced with a harpy lady? And Electo and Tisiphone, I assume, as well, her sisters. Oh, of of course, yes. They're the harpy lady sisters. Bye, Professor Hainos. I like it. Bye, Professor Hainos. I'll I'll see you next class. Um, Goodbye, It's time to move on to our mailbag segment where we salute our postal workers like uh, you like you um so we have a twitter at pot of Greedcast. we put out a questions post each week before the episode you can ask it there on the twitter in response to the post or you can join our discord which you should do it's a pretty poppin place uh and ask questions in our millennium bag channel uh so first up on the twitter it's a question from at sahoni underscore stuff uh, what are the dual spirits of the cast of Friends? Mm. This is beyond me. I have never watched an episode of Friends in my life. Do any of you know the Friends from Friends? I've never Friends. I'll be there. Uh, for I mean, I know their names. You. I know Joey. Okay, it's Joey Chandler Ross. Uh, Rachel. I think Joey is that David Schwimmer's Monica Joey? and Phoebe. Monica, Phoebe, Rachel. Why does Joey not some uh, no, the biggest that's... friend not simply eat the other friends? <laughs> is Chandler the biggest friend? I think Chandler is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Hmm. Chandler Bing from Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Right, that one. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, dual spirit of Benny is probably... Hmm, I'm thinking of the various... Benny's a, ben, Benny's a gambling man. Benny's got a weird face. Uh, <laughs> hmm, I guess Benny is... The legendary gambler? Yeah, the I guess gambler? the sand gambler. Uh... Gambler of the Sand. Yeah. Uh, uh, definitely uses, like, coin flips and all that. Uh, yeah, uh, for sure. Dual sp- or actually, Chandler's uh, Chandler's would-be man-eater mm-hmm. bug. Right. Ross is yes. the guy no one likes, right? I, I'm pretty sure nobody likes any because of Because he's a dickhead? Ross is, Ross is the one who invented friends. Oh, yeah, but, like, he's the one that everyone hates. Okay. Yeah, that's where that's from. Okay, so, yeah, I'm gonna post a Man. picture in the scheduling chat. Uh, his jewel spirit, like, his jewel... Oh, jewel the, the fucking yeah. Tristan's he's little the, guy? The kid, okay. Yeah, oh, Tristan's Fireboy. little guy from God. the Capture Monsters. Because right. he's ugly okay. and garbage. <laughs> this little Loudred Pikachu piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I think we've exhausted our friend's knowledge here. Yeah, please. Uh, let's move on to the next question. We're in the Discord now. Great. From Kirby the Cleric. Concerning different dimensions, I was wondering what the host's opinions are in media of alternate dimension timelines where similar characters are having different personalities. I find that trope in general can be very exciting for some people or very annoying to others, especially when it's used to switch and swap characters between dimensions to confuse other characters or even the, or even the audience. What do you think about these kinds of stories? I think, um, I think, okay, so I am like an AU hater in my fan fiction. Um, damn. Because, so here's the thing. My feeling is that a lot that I care about characters way more than I care about plot. 
So if there aren't characters that I like, then I'm not going to like a franchise, a, a piece of media, basically, mm-hmm. ever, regardless of how good the plot is. Um, and so when I l- read fan fiction, I'm looking for more stuff about my characters. And so much about characters is built on their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um that it's like if you remove them from their surroundings i feel like it's like is that there'd be an entirely different right person. yeah it's like what the fuck like what the fuck is sephiroth in a coffee shop right you know yeah. right like it's like yeah. these things just like yeah like this is assuming a version of sephiroth that has gone through the events of final fantasy 7 and also now works at a coffee shop right or or, like or he not has it. those same character traits right no no right like sephiroth who hasn't gone through the events of final fantasy 7 who, who just like works in a coffee shop is that sephiroth you know what i mean so i have issues with that however i think in canon um in the right show it can be very sexy um specifically um i'm a huge huge um star trek tos fan in particular i like star trek all around but tos is really my jam and um the episode mirror mirror where they go to the mirror universe where everyone is just evil and has goatees um (laughs) except spock right oh Apparently Spock isn't evil in that. Well, dimension. he's kind of evil. He's he's implicit. He's uh he's complicit in uh, he he's complicit in a genocidal okay. empire. So, and also would and also definitely uh, would yeah, kill I people so. if he thought it would benefit him. So he's not as bad as some of the other people in the uh, in the mirror universe, but he's still bad. But it's it's you know it is the episode of television in fucking nineteen sixty nine or whatever it was. Uh, that nice. nice. Um. I mean, it was nice. <laughs> that That is my entire point, is that it was nice. Um, that created the concept of, like, evil twins with goatees, right? That is, like, this huge, mm-hmm. huge trope to this very day. Um, and that episode is so good. Mirror Mirror is one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek. Um, so... You know, if it if it is a show that sort of allows for... It has to be a show that really allows for, like monster of the week or like slice of life like episodic things that aren't like necessarily ongoing plot heavy um but i think Mm. it can be done like i think it can be done well but i only like it in canon i i agree for the most part in fanfic i'm very much a what's the point of modern au if i wanted modern stuff i would just pick up any of the like hundreds of books or tv shows that are in a modern setting but I like when AUs in a series are, like, used to, like, say things about the characters and to contrast them with, like, different mm-hmm. versions of themselves. Uh, I'm all for... Yeah. I love the Lock Tomb trilogy. See, as far as, like, my fandom sort of interests, I do enjoy an AU, but it's, like, depends on the AU. Especially, like, there's this one specific, like, a thing I've seen a couple times are, like, Undertale I use where one of the characters who is dead in canon is no longer dead. And that, I, I enjoy those. Uh, especially if they explore like the character and their scenario in interesting ways. Uh, as far as like canon stuff, uh, I don't like the example cited in the uh, question, which is like, oh, they, they swap places with the, uh, with, the other character, because I don't know the the Marvel what if formula. I like a what if AU's. I like a what if, but I yeah I don't care for like uh oh uh, the bad version of the character swapped with the good version. Like sometimes that works, but I have seen some 
dire examples of it not working for me. Uh, I mean, it's like anything. It really mm. depends on who's writing it. You know, it can turn out disastrously. Yeah. I I think it it requires a pretty good sense of uh, what makes a character tick uh, in or out of the environment that they are currently in, how they would behave mm. in a vacuum uh, in in these different situations. Also, I do feel like there are some AUs I really hate because they, like, misunderstand, like, the, uh, they, instead of, like, I just hate edgy stuff in fandom content, and... Uh, AUs are rife with that, so I don't like that kind of AU. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. I don't really have anything to add to this. Uh, and an- another follow-up on that from Kirby. Uh, what if alternate dimension Joey Wheeler, uh, alternate dimension reality Joey Wheeler was a tech mogul billionaire and Kaiba was a street-tough wise guy with his heart on his sleeve? Uh, hmm. How is that different to canon? Like... If just because if you swap the character models, like how yeah. what's the point of that? Hmm. Yeah, it mm. doesn't make much difference. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, it, yeah, they would just be the reverse characters. I mean, I don't mean to be rude. Yeah, it's like I don't yeah. know. Maybe if Joe, what if Joey Wheeler got adopted by Gozaburo instead? But he was still, he still kind of had the personality of Joey Wheeler, whereas uh, Seto had to grow up in an orphanage for his whole life. Maybe something more along those lines, but you know, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Uh, uh, next up from Ojama Yellow NFT, Danny Dorito. If you were an Ojama, what would your Ojama Sona be? I think we asked answered this one before. Uh, Ojama was, Gold, baby. Yeah, I know. I gave my Ojama answer. Purple. I know that's a card that exists, but it, it would be yeah. a different Ojama Purple. Uh, Cassidy, I don't think you were onto this one. So, what would your Ojama Sona be? Um. Okay. So. I'm just thinking uh, I'd have a body like one of those, like, Sumatran, Sumerian, like, uh, yes. ladies, where the they're like... Fertility idols? Ooh. Th- th- they call fertility idols, yeah. Oh, that's that's really good. I love that. And uh, to go along with that, I would have uh, rabbit mm-hmm. ears. And I would be uh, Ochama... Uh, Ojama Seafoam. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Mm. I like it. Yeah, Ojama Seafoam. Mm. Ojama Turquoise? I don't know. Some sort of greeny blue. I'm changing my mind. I'm Ojama Pantone Color of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) It changes every year. (laughs) It's Coral Blue number three. Ojama Coral Blue number three. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Ojama Purple. It looks like Snorlax, but it's purple. And it's wearing swim trunks. Uh, There we go. I I don't have like a clear enough idea. If I'm creating one whole cloth, I'm I don't have a clear idea on the color, but I want them Just to be color. Well, my favorite color is my favorite colors are blue and purple. Uh I guess Ojama blue. Uh anyways, what I want is just uh a gruff uh a gruff uh, Italian American who uh it's like, hey, what's the matter with you? Stuff like Get that. Basically, voice. Mario from the Super Show. Uh, <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, next up from Hornmeister, what's your opinion on Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust? Uh, and what's your opinion on the sentient hand it features as a side uh-huh. character? Okay. So I have not engaged with the Vampire Hunter D fandom at all. But one of my favorite Yu Gi Oh! Art- fan artists. 
um, Amarsha or 404 Ama, who's actually the person uh, who created the, uh, I mean, not AU, but like alternate reality or whatever, uh, that was the basis for the fan fiction that I'm writing and that I read last week, um, uh, has gotten really into Vampire Hunter D. So everything I know about Vampire Hunter D, I know from them. And uh, Lefty looks like a funny little guy, is all I will say. Uh, I have no opinion on this. I've never heard of Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Sorry. The only Vampire Hunter D thing I'm personally familiar with is the 1985 film. And my main thought while watching this was, oh my god, this is Castlevania. This is what Castlevania is based on. Holy fuck. And that's pretty much my main thought on it. Yeah, I am not really aware of much Vampire Hunter D stuff, but I do think uh, Thing from the Addams Family is very cool. Damn it, I was going to mention Thing from the Addams Family. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you think of Thing? I also like Thing from the Addams Family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up from Manjame Blunder, Gorblesome. Do you think Ojamas are warm-blooded or cold-blooded animals? I think they're room temperature blooded. I think they're fungi. I think they're warm blooded. <laughs> yeah, you cut them open. There's there's no blood. Yeah, no, I. It's just all. They're like, fungi, and you have to chew them gently, so they will return a favor. I think, kinda, I, I think they're like sea cucumbers, kind of. Yeah. A very strange sea cucumber. Um, anybody else have an opinion on this? Nope. No. no I don't okay. Think so. Another one from Anjame Blunder. Also, which character design from any show or media could be improved by adding a sick devil arm? L. Woods. <laughs> L. Woods from Legally Blonde. Peppa Pig. That is pretty good. Oh, <laughs> Peppa Pig. Mm. Me. Oh, well, obviously. Hmm. How about... Oh. Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, the thing is, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a sick devil arm in Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't think so, Well, but... when the moon comes out, well, he has two. I... Hmm. Oh, well, obviously you give Shadow a fuck-up black arm's hand. That's what I want to see. Yeah. That Shadow the Hedgehog could be improved by giving him a sick devil arm. Okay. Hell Hang yeah. on, I need to write something down. Write Legally Blonde fanfic where... Uh, L. Woods is possessed by Redacted. This, the devil hand. Cool. This is tangential, but there's this one thing I always think about in regards to Legally Blonde. I, I've i never bothered to try to find it, but many, many years ago, I uh, remember finding, like, I remember seeing some, like, text post, well, no, some sort of Tumblr image set that was presenting, like, a Legally Blonde AU where instead of being, like, a lawyer, she's becoming a Starfleet commander. I don't remember anything about it. That's, that's I just remember that. That's literally just that's okay. Jim Kirk. Rule 63 Jim Kirk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright. Uh, that's, that's all of our questions for the week and that means it's time to wrap up our podcast for the week as well. Uh, we have been Pod of Greed. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at Pod of Greedcast. You can find us on uh at kaiba.online if you want to join our discord or follow the link that's in the description you can go to patreon.com to give us your money for two dollars a month you get bonus content five dollars a month you get a shout out at the end of the show like the following people colton crow emery joel thomas riley hopkins and draven thank you so much for your five dollars a month we love you 
Thank uh, you. And if you give us ten dollars a month, we'll shout you out in the middle of the ep- uh, uh, yeah, the middle of the episode, not the end. Uh, you also get to listen in on recordings. And for ten dollars a month, we will give you a physical box of goodies. This year is going to be Pharaoh's nuts, as well as the rest of him. Hades nuts. It's too late to get in on that, <laughs> but. If you're one of the esteemed few people who will be getting that, congratulations. I told Sarah while they were here to take photos of uh, Fig's asshole for reference. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Uh, and we have a special guest who should plug their stuff first. That is Cassidy. Would you like to do that? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at what is cosplay. That's it. That's All it. right. All right. Well, uh, I'm not doing much at the moment yeah, that's, online. It's totally fair. You know, sometimes you just got to take a break. Uh, who, who wants to plug their stuff first out of the three of us hosts? Me. I do. Oh, go ahead, Audrey. Okay. Do it. Uh, I'm Audrey. You can find me on Tumblr yeah. and Twitter at Optimum on Prime, which is my funny robot internet joke. If you want to find out more about why that's a funny robot internet joke, you should listen to the other podcast I do with friend of the show, Nero. Uh, it's called Prime Cuts. You can find us on Twitter at Prime Cuts Pod. You can also find us on Noise listen Space. To Prime Cuts. It's really good. Yeah. Um, it's I'm going good. to plug. Uh, with the, 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 at least at least two of my other three co-hosts here uh, are part of the Discord, and you should be too. Uh, you can find a link to that Discord uh, in the description of, of all of our episodes, as well as uh, our the URL uh, section on our Twitter bio. Uh, please join us. It's fun. It's good. We're we're getting funky with it. I also guested on a episode of a podcast called Mission Ignition, uh, which is now Ooh. out. Um, with uh, which is hosted by a friend of the show Dirk Dammit. Um, it is a podcast about a very poorly constructed ninety series called Vampires. Uh, right, that's what that's about. It's like, what the fuck yep. is that about? Uh, Vampires is I know I had not heard of it before. Uh, Dirk reached out to me uh, about it, um, but uh, I I I do now, and it's about vampires that turn into cars instead of vampires. They're people, but they turn into cars. It's very badly done. It's very badly done. Damn. Uh, but I was on a guest. What a shame. I was, I was a guest on one of those. I want to suck your ignition fluid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, literally every other line is a car pun. It's like remarkable. It's like getting sucker punched over and over again. Um, <laughs> Great. Uh, I felt bruised and beaten by the end of it. Um, Sorry to hear this. Yeah. But yeah, I was on a, a, a guest on that. It's fun. Obviously, there, there's a theme to my work here. I think that you could probably uh, clearly, clearly see at this point. And that's me. I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places. You can find all those places at linktr.ee slash big underscore challenges. From there, you can find my Twitter, at Bigger Challenge. You can find the other podcasts I do, which include The Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic Lore podcast, uh... We recently did an episode on Sonic R, or more specifically, the soundtrack of Sonic R, because Sonic R doesn't have a plot. Uh, uh, we also did, like, a episode 69 fanfiction special that was really good. Uh, nice. You can listen to video games, the movie, the podcast, a video game movie review podcast I do with my friend Maxi. 
this month's movie is going to be the Ryugagotoku film, aka the Yakuza movie. And, oh, damn. Who are you talking uh, about that with? With you, Argyle, and That's your, your Kamacho Radio co-host, Jordan. Wow. Uh, he sure is. Yep. Uh, you can also listen to my finished podcast, Chill Bleed, uh, and my inactive podcast, Stranger's Fiction. Uh, you can also visit at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Uh, this already passed, and it will pass even more by the time we listen to this, but, uh, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Xbox. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Xbox. Oh, uh, for the next Wednesday, the 26th, Shitty Invasion Day, Xbox. Hmm. I... Oh, shitty in- uh, it's another name for Australia Day. Right, right, right. Um, Get their asses. We don't celebrate bad holidays on at Xbox underscore holiday unless they're funny. Um, like Fourth of Shit. Okay, that's... Uh, <laughs> hey, or uh, Honeygate. Mm. Or, yeah, or the Dick D- Dorkins Honeyversary. <laughs> uh, yeah, Argyle. Hey, hey, I'm Argyle. You can find me on Twitter at Argyle underscore funk. You can also listen to me on... KMRO-FM, a.k.a. Kamurocho Radio. It is a Yakuza podcast I host with, yes, Jordan. We're talking about Yakuza 3 at the moment. It's all right. It's about to get worse. (laughs) You can also listen to me uh, upcoming on an episode of Slappers Only, which is a podcast you should listen to, hosted by our own Max and friend of the show, Jordan, uh, about video game music. But the one I'm going to be on soon you remember that uh, that uh, Polygon podcast hosted by Griffin McElroy and other person that had to be canceled because the other person was a uh, creepazoid? Uh, well, we're kind of doing something like that, and uh, we're taking vi- listener submissions. By the time this comes out, it'll be too late to do that, but it won't be too late to listen to it whenever it comes out. So you should listen to it and also the rest of the podcast because it's good. Uh, and that's it. I think that's the end of the episode, folks. So until then, I lay myself face down. And I am fired out of a torpedo tube at mock speed. Uh, I uh, lay myself face down uh, and uh, sink into the sand. <laughs> I writhe around on the floor as I try to get the sand out of my eyes and end my turn. I plant myself headfirst into the desert and slowly morph into a cactus. <laughs> uh, Beach. Beach. Beach! See you next time. Beach.